listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Is awesome. Fucking brilliant. Amazing. Better than Iron Man. Better than the... No, think, no, 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 no. Not better than the first Iron Man. N- it's Better I than think, Iron Man 3. I think the first Iron Man and Captain America, depending on my mood right now, yeah. is either equal par or might actually be a better movie, dude. I'm sorry. We talked about this earlier where I really felt like this Captain America in particular was better than the last few Iron Mans that have come out. This Captain America was so dramatically well done. The story was so strong. The performances were so pure in that they were just so well done that I gave more credence to this storyline, this Captain America storyline, than I did to the Iron Man one. I took it more seriously, you know? I kind of lost faith in the whole Iron Man franchise. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, after Iron Man 3, I was very disappointed. Of course, so there is a short film that connects the fake Mandarin, the Trevor character, to supposedly the real Mandarin. Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, which you can find on the Thor The Dark World Blu-ray. Oh, that reminds me. The last Thor I saw was not that good. So I feel like Captain America has really outdone itself and that it's impressed me more than the Thor or even the Hulk franchises have. Yeah, well, the Hulk franchise has... The Hulk is a very hard character to translate. I think he's better among the Avengers. Sure. But his his old story of... The, the rejected anti-hero. I don't think it translates well to movies, but maybe I I'm, I'm wrong. hung up about the whole Edward Norton mix-up thing. Because mm. <laughs> I liked him, but uh, I didn't like his film. I didn't like his version of it. I think I respond better to the Mark Ruffalo version. Yeah. More so than even the Eric Bana version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? The funny thing is the Mark the Ruffalo version is the Edward Norton we don't canon. talk about the Eric Bana version. No, yeah, we don't yeah. talk about that one at no. all. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Ruffalo is supposed to be the 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 same canon as right, that. but Edward Norton took off because of contractual issues. Right, yeah, he, did, he had some disagreements with Marvel, mostly right. because he didn't get credit for writing the script for oh. The Incredible Hulk, because he did a pretty heavy rewrite on it. Wow, he... someone's butt sore. Anyway, so no, I, I definitely liked this uh, sequel more than I've liked a lot of the Marvel sequels in the past. I think it's the best Marvel sequel, hands down. I can I can agree with that. Um, I mean, like you said, you've got really great acting uh, on everybody's part. You've got some v- amazing character development. Yeah. You've taken a character who's essentially Marvel's version of Superman. Right. Right. And given him internal struggle. Totally. And not even sure what he believes in. I almost expected him to go to assume the the character of the Nomad. There was a point in time where Captain America was so displeased with how the government was running things Mm -hmm. that he threw away the whole persona of Captain America. Wow. And he just, like, he basically became the character of Nomad. He had a very similar costume, just nothing denoting American affiliation. Uh And it was at that point they brought in the character U.S. Agent, who was a whole other Captain America. Nice. Yeah, so... Anyway, I, I almost thought they were going to go that route, but obviously not. Another thing I really loved about this film in particular is that it opened so many windows for films involving more female characters, specifically totally. Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson could seriously star in her own Black Widow film because of this sequel. Yeah. There were so many questions that were, you know, 
opened and so many suggestions made throughout so many easter eggs you know yeah. like little little plot points that were done that you could just be like oh my god i can't wait to set in the whole movie absolutely like, that'd be yeah. so cool <laughs> the thing that really got me excited is you know those little bands that are around her wrist mm-hmm. totally straight from the comics nice the whole widow's thing that she does where she puts her her, ne- her hands around the neck and yeah stings them totally straight from the comics. she books. was incredible in this oh yeah. my god at least there's got to be an origins film there's got to be an origins yeah, film for give her. her some backstory i agree totally agreed what also really impressed me was the social commentary Mm -hmm. you know you're they're talking about post new york like it's post the avengers but you know that's the metaphor for like well we're living in a post 9-11 world too and all these anti-terrorism measures that we're we're going through and like what point does freedom become non-existent and the fact that they could address that through a comic book movie was yeah. just that was awesome that like that sold it for me 100 so i mean the setting here is two years after the battle of new york right yeah. so you have steve rogers trying to live his life in washington dc and just trying to keep going and he's losing his faith in the system because shield has all these secret ops going on that he's unaware of and he wants to be in the loop he wants to make sure that you know, we're living in a world well, where... Well, the big problem was that he, was a, he wasn't he was aware of what they were doing, but he was heavily involved yeah, that's in everything that they were doing. Yeah, that's such a betrayal of his trust right there. And I love how this film really focused on that theme of trust yeah, and how fragile it is and how important it is to trust the right people. And maybe those right people are the wrong people the whole time. Right. And what was interesting about that was they kind of already set that foundation in the Avengers. Totally. Right. Because you already felt like there were things that Captain America was not being kept in the loop on. And mm-hmm. by, the sh- by the sheer fact that Fury was not keeping all the Avengers in the loop yeah. on what was going on. Oh, man. All right, Sean, what did you think? I think it was awesome. I think <laughs> Robert Redford was lackluster in it, though. Mm. Uh, I thought he really phoned in that he's just like, hey, I'm going to show up yeah. for this superhero movie. I mean, I read that they basically casted him to pay homage to his old roles as a kind of secret agent that he used to do in like the 70s. Mm. Um, they basically brought him on as kind of a, a favor to him, maybe. Uh, at least that's something I read. And I, I can uh, agree with that. Either way, yeah. I do think that it is equal to Thor The Dark World. I enjoyed Thor mm. The Dark World a lot, too. And I, I don't think it's better necessarily. And it's not better than Iron Man 1. That's an abomination that either of you said that. I, I didn't necessarily say Iron Man 1. I felt more so Iron about Man Iron 1 Man 1 was the beginning. Yeah, no, Iron Man Avengers. 1 was awesome, but I say that Iron Man 2 and more so 3. Iron Man 2 and 3, eh. 2 was cool because of Mickey Rourke, and 3 was weak because of the whole twist with, uh, with yeah. Mandarin. Yeah. That just yeah. cheapened it. That absolutely it, cheapened yeah. it. I, it had me until that moment. Yes, absolutely. And once, yep, once you figure, once, and to me, that's when, like, when I joke, it, basically, that's when it became Lethal Weapon Five. And I said, <laughs> I've said it before. Nice. Yeah. But, I mean, literally up to the ending on the dock. It when should you have died. been Joe Pesci. <laughs> right. It should have been Joe Pesci as the Mandarin. All right. All right. All right. Okay. 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 Because you could, you could have had, you honestly could have had Robert Downey Jr. saying, "I'm too old for this shit." Uh, <laughs> Or, or you could have had Don Cheadle say, uh, Stark, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, Iron Man 1, though, will always be in our hearts as a real strong start. So that's, yes. that's I agree with you but on that, it was, Don't worry. <laughs> it, it, I, it just goes to show how a lot of people were not huge fans of the first Captain America. They enjoyed it. Yeah. But this one was relatable for everyone, and they let him, it's like they let captain america off the leash he's just ruining fools in this movie yeah, <laughs> yeah like marvel the one thing i'll give marvel <laughs> over dc is marvel superheroes 
kill people a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, and it's awesome. <laughs> I, I never really saw Captain America killing people, but when he throws down, he throws down. Like yeah. the sheer, like I love the in the opening scene when they said, "You're just the man with the shield," and he throws the shield down, takes his mask off, uh-huh. and still beats the guy's ass down. Totally was yeah. And also, wow. I gotta say, amazing opening to that movie. The whole on your left bit was <laughs> so clever. Yeah. And so they did a great all right, job. So now that we've ruined this movie for everybody. Totally. By the way, if you haven't seen it we already. Haven't given away, we haven't given away anything. We, we didn't just, give away much. We no. just highlighted a lot of really strong points and the fact that this was a very strong film because of certain scenes and that people are not going to be disappointed when they go see it. For Avengers 2, you're going to think, what the fuck is going to happen next? <laughs> totally. Because this movie, this movie is very much... I got the same kind of feeling after Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah? It's just like you're in the middle of a really effed up play. <laughs> Things are just so questionable, mm-hmm. like the state of affairs. And that's all I'm going to really say because <laughs> you can't say anything else without totally ruining it. Yeah, so. I mean, there's so many awesome Marvel staples in this film. You Obviously, you have the Stan Lee cameo. That's amazing. You have the mid-credit scene. That's the, the, fantastic. Exactly. And, of course, the post-credit scene, exactly. which I personally felt was underwhelming for me, but I hear that a lot of comic fans are going to love it. And on that note, welcome to Nerds on Film, everybody. I'm Roxy Noberry. I am Brian Moriarty. And I'm Sean Moriarty. <laughs> and he is not sorry for shit, y'all. Welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> Sponsored by 106, Movies, Cameo plans. Jams, yeah. and the Metro, <laughs> Silicon Valley's favorite weekly newspaper. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press one now. <laughs> oh, Captain Pillowbutt. That's my new Captain name. Pillowbutt. Because <laughs> I just want to rest my head between his cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to fall into a deep slumber between the crevice that is on Chris Evans' body and his backside. Because I think Chris Evans is the only guy I know who's played a significant character in three different comic book movies. Good on him, man. Who was the third? Because obviously he was the Human Torch. The Losers. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <gasps> I loved The Losers. That was a fun one. That was a good one. Yeah, good times. Oh, man. Okay, cool. So, what are we talking about today, guys? Well... The rape of our childhood. Yes. The rape of our childhood. There you R.I.P. Y'all. R.I.P. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Mr. Movie Phone, <laughs> uh, which was a frequently used in our childhood before there was the thing called the internet uh, to figure out movie show times, we're actually you now we're on we're on kind of a high right now, but we're also just trying to cope with a piece of our childhood dying we're uh, slowly. A lot of mixed emotions right now. Yeah, because uh, about a week I ago, mixed. I'm gonna kill people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I'm just kidding. Actually, for legal purposes, uh, no, that's not happening. No murdering happening. Um, about a week ago, unfortunately, San Jose in the Bay Area, and actually, I would argue the entire movie industry as a whole. Pretty significant. Lost an icon. Uh, and we're not talking about a human being. We're actually talking about a movie theater. Um, the Century 21, 22, and 23 closed its doors. Um, and I understand the 22 and the 23, if you need to get rid of those, I get it. But you got to save the 21. That was one of the largest screens on the Western seaboard for the longest time. Yeah, and it was also one of the first ones that would display 70 millimeter film, too. Um, yeah, let's go so, to the history about it a little bit. So first of all, you've heard of Century Theaters. If you haven't, I don't know where what country you you're in. probably go to AMC, but, don't you? But, um, they were bought by Cinemark in 2006. But mm-hmm. prior to that, the Century Theaters Theater Division... 
was huge and it got started right in our backyard in Vallejo, California, uh, started by a man named Raymond Sufi. And the reason why this is even a big deal to begin with is that he was the driving force behind disintegration of the vertical integration that was going on in the movie system, right? We talked about this in the independent film. Right. So this is during the 40s. Right. This is during the late 40s. Uh, this is 48. So we're out of the war at this point. We're still on an economic high point. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, a lot of the things that were just kind of going unnoticed during the war and during the later half of the Depression uh, starting to get noticed. And so Raymond Sufi sued uh, the Paramount Theaters because of the, the integration and ultimately was the guy who helped the Supreme Court make their landmark decision that vertical integration was unconstitutional uh, because it was basically not promoting free enterprise. The studios, even though they were one uh, group of companies, each company essentially had a monopoly. This, right. The industry as a whole had a monopoly over the entire production, distribution, and exhibition of films. Sorry, guys, if that sounds like a repeat, if you've been listening to our show regularly, but it needs to be re-repeated. It's important, man. Yeah, antitrust laws are a good thing. (laughs) I think we've decided. Uh, It's pretty much all the movie industry is based out of. Like, any any actions that have happened, any sort of instrumental movements that have occurred have occurred mostly due to actions within the Supreme Court. Exactly. Competition has always been a good thing. It, It encourages innovation. It is necessary in a free economy. Sure. So uh, that being said, um, Raven Sufi decided he was going to start his own theater chain. And in 19, uh, well, actually, very early on, he had his own theater in Vallejo. But right. the Century 21, as it were, opened in 1963 in San Jose, California, next to the famous Winchester, Winchester. Mystery House. If you guys don't know who Sarah Winchester is, Google it. <laughs> uh, we'll probably do an episode on it of Nerds in History. That'd be so cool. At some point. So um, there's a history for you. Yeah, right there. yeah, totally. And this was a big ass theater too. This holds oh, over a thousand people. It's for one screen. For one screen, <laughs> it was one of the first theaters to be decked out with surround sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was one of the early theaters that George Lucas uh, instituted THX into. Nice. Really, really awesome. And also one of the first theaters able to display seventy millimeter film. And the first film was. The first film was "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." Sean, mm-hmm. it's under a big. W. <laughs> that car, that car just went sailing right out there. It just went sail right out there. <laughs> if you haven't seen it's a mad, 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 mad world, we need to watch it. One of these, it's a four-hour comedy. It's the longest comedy I think it's ever been made, but it is hilarious, and it's got pretty much every major comic actor from the 1960s in it. Jonathan Winters, Milton Berle, um, Spencer Tracy is in it. Jimmy Durante is in it. Sid Gosh. Caesar. Sid Caesar. Nice. Um, who else is in it? Jerry Lewis makes a brief little cameo. It's chock full of amazing comic acting. So anyway, this is not the only one. Of course, Titanic, when it was released, uh, it was released in both 35 and 70 millimeter. And this theater that we saw it at, in fact, had it in 70 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And they even showed the film to saw how wide this stuff is. Wow. It's pretty amazing. And then, of course, uh, one of the Star Wars films. Oh, of course. Star saw. Wars opened there. I mean... I mean, if we, if we talk about the movies that we've seen there, uh-huh. it, it's every major blockbuster of totally. the last 20 years. I'm interested to know, is it just in our neck of the Bay Area where they had those dome-style century theaters, or were they all over California? Did they spread out everywhere? Are there more like that? It is interesting you ask that question. I think the unique dome architecture... So here's the reason why people are so sad about the Century 21 closing, uh-huh. for a couple of reasons. One... The 21 was the first dome theater that had this very futuristic look to it. I mean, the the old marquee even had this kind of space needle 
look to it. It looked very like the retro punk kind of 1960s look of how we perceive the future would look like. Sure. Right? Very Space Odyssey. <laughs> very Space Odyssey, which reflected a high sense of optimism, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 1963, at this point, you know, Kennedy was dead set on, us, on getting us to the moon. Yeah. Right. You now we were already talking about the space race at this point. So we were, we were looking to the stars for the future and so that reflected in our architecture that reflected in our whole mindset with everything right so sufi decides that was the design choice he wanted to go with very cool and by simply calling it century 21 in the first place was to reflect again looking towards the future Mm -hmm. 70 millimeter film all these cool different things that were going on even though 70 millimeter had been around since gone with the wind so that being said you started seeing because it was a huge success. They're popping up everywhere. The 22 and the 23 opened up right next next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the parking lot. And then lot. it's weird because then there was the 24 that was a couple blocks down next to the Toys R Us, right? The 20, <laughs> then there was the 25, that which was, is like... Then there was the 25 all the way over by Westgate Mall. Uh-huh. And that one got sold a long time ago, Off didn't of it? Saratoga, right? Yeah, it became the Retrodome, yeah, for a while. And we'll talk That's about that right. in a second. Guggenheim Entertainment. And they were a big proponent toward preventing it to, from closing, too, for other reasons, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but but there was also more. There was Century 26, 27. Not too far away from where uh, I live, there was an old, that's now a church that's behind a uh, a retail store that was originally a Century Theater. And that's still got the whole dome architecture on it. They just kind of renovated the inside of it. Really? Where is it? Where? Yeah, there's, there's a church on um, Blossom Hill that is behind the Toys R Us. I'm not kidding. They really? Even, they even still had the movie screen in there that they used for projections during the... Like, they pretty much kept the auditorium, like, as was, oh. and they just put a yeah, little stage there. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe I never noticed that, because I know that the, the 21 is the one they should have kept, and it's the most unique, because it was one huge dome, one screen. Yeah, the 24 and the 25 were split, were two screens, but they were half size. So they, they it was like 500 seat theaters. I read that the 23 actually had three screens in it. At one point, this well, the twenty two had three screens in it. Okay. Yeah, Either the twenty way, the, the twenty three cool. I think had two. So in that sense, the Century Twenty One is significant in that it was the first one to be built, and it was the only one out of them to have its single screen. Correct. Therefore, making it a pretty significant historical landmark. Right. So here we have you know the closure happening, but people are reacting in the sense that they want to maintain the structure, they want to keep it around and have it be named as a historical landmark, therefore pre- preventing it from being um, yeah. bulldozed. Yeah, well... Yeah, but unfortunately, it was it's too young, right? It's not too young. It's 50 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, unfortunately, yeah. the administration of the city of San Jose, a.k.a. Chuck Reed, mm-hmm. you fucking asshole, our mayor is not backing to- it because yeah. he doesn't think there's of any... He doesn't think there's enough cultural or historical value to keeping it alive which is basically saying he's a greedy motherfucker because he <laughs> wants to put a retail establishment on top of it it is basically a copy of our high-end very promenade-ish looking yeah, mall santana exp- row he wants to expand santana row and i yeah. see the appeal but in the recession we're having no one can afford to live there anyway and if they can like well they're ugh. already starting to make concessions too you've already started to see in this high-end mall across the street you've already started to see h&m mm-hmm. like lower cost i mean still not super cheap but lower cost yeah. uh, but still designer like retailers that are going there i mean the reed administration has shown two things in san jose they're trying to be very very pro business right consumerism commercialism yeah but that. unfortunately i think reed in the process has shown he's kind of anti-culture absolutely <laughs> so. and san jose has a huge culture i mean i saw this meme that's saying you know 
great idea. You want to destroy this and build a mall across from another mall. Like, we already have Valley Fair. We already have Centennial. That section of Silicon Valley of Santa Clara County is already so congested with yes. consumerism. All, yeah, all the, by the way, in between those two huge mall areas you're talking about, through that is like three miles of car dealerships yeah. running straight through it like a river of money. So I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I mean, we, we were talking about Sean. You made the great comment about talking about what was it? These temples of cinema versus temples of commerce. When you mentioned that there was yes. the old movie house that where you went to college, getting torn down. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what's happening with these old movie theaters. They're getting mm-hmm. torn down and they're turned into multiplexes. Which I mean, to be fair, the Century was behind a lot of. I mean, he Sufi was one of the guys. Them and AMC were the ones who kind of pioneered the multiplex. Cool. Um, post you know the nineteen sixties. And I mean, even you saw it with Century 22. Century 22 was a three-screen dome. Right. There were three domes together, but nevertheless, they had these very, very spacious designs to them. Mm-hmm. There's a huge Century complex in a mall close to you guys. There's also the AMC ones. Uh, I want to know, do you know for a fact whether the largest screens that they do their first-run blockbuster movies in those complexes are anywhere near the size of the Century 21? No. <laughs> It's really compact. No way. There's I don't even nothing think like it. I don't even think the large screens at the Mercado <laughs> or at um, the bigger screens at the, the other AMC multiplexes yeah. are even as now, big. Yeah, and if you think it was tough, if it's tough going into a dark theater in one of these multiplexes and you don't know where your friends are, <laughs> if you walked into this theater, you you were just like. <laughs> I'm, and this is before you could text each other. Yeah. So you're just like, I'm going to go sit in the front yeah. <laughs> and wait for somebody to come talk to me. I mean, my first memory of ever walking into one of those domes was feeling completely dwarfed oh, by totally. the gigantic screen and the gigantic... Oh, totally. Just enormity, if that's even a word. Like, you feel tiny. Enormity. <laughs> yeah. Enormity, thank you. You, fa- you Basically, the IMAX experience. It's like, you know, soaring over California yeah. at Disneyland. Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty much an IMAX screen without the curved exactly. screen. I mean, it's even got the dome. You can see the internal of the dome. You feel like you're watching IMAX. It's yeah. true. And the, the dome sits like 50 feet in the air, totally. too. This thing is really cool to look at just from the inside. It's beautiful. But also, since you mentioned the front row, this is one of those situations where if you sat in the front row, it wasn't a bad scene. Because there was still about ten or twenty feet between you and the and, yeah. and the actual front mm-hmm. screen, yep. screen. But you know what the downside to this theater was? If you were up against the walls higher up, you the because the surround sound was so spread out because it was so huge. There were like certain background sounds that you'd hear and you'd focus on because you could hear them better. It's true. Oh. Like I remember seeing Twister there, and I was like, <laughs> all I can hear is like one axe jangling on the side while they're in the big. <laughs> that's all I can hear because the rest of the sounds are so spread out. You're just picking up on one thing. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, but if you're right in the middle, it's it's amazing. I I just I can't believe that it. It's going to be two weeks until I'm there, and I didn't have a chance to see one more movie there. I know. Yeah, they had their last showing on March 30th, and they showed I think the last movie I saw there was Spider-Man 2. Me too! Spider-Man 2. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, well, I saw Spider-Man 2 like a hundred times, Brian, and I saw it at every theater. (laughs) Everywhere. Wow. Yeah, the last one I saw there was Spider-Man as well. The last movie I saw there was uh, The Wolverine. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was re- relatively recent. Yeah. But. So apparently there was a big old news article about it in the local paper talking about the last showing they had. Yeah. Or about um, the theater seats about 
over 900 people, close to 1,000, but over 1,000 people showed up. And people were actually on the waiting list to get in, and they couldn't get in because it was over max capacity. Yeah. That's how affected people were by this, you know, closure and this tragedy. Local legend coming to an end. Well, so interestingly enough, continuing on with this history, so, you mean, you've got the Century Theaters having a success way through the late 90s. In the early 2000s, I mean, you talked about, like we talked about that you saw Spider-Man there. I saw the original Spider-Man there. Nice. We saw, I mean, Batman Forever. We saw the first, yeah, Batman Forever, Batman Returns. Batman the Returns. First, all the Matrix movies. I saw the Hulk there, the oh. original one, the the not-so-great Ang Lee one. The Truman Show. Uh, yeah. The Truman Show. Oh, that must and have been a trip. Huge, visually stunning movies. Twister, yeah. like I said before. <laughs> Titanic. I think I saw The Perfect Storm there, Titanic. Oh, uh, oh The Fifth Element. These theaters used to be the only good theaters around. And then all these multiplexes started popping up near us and they had big screens and it was brand new and everybody was going to those more often. But when a huge movie, like a visual spectacle like The Matrix or The Lord of the Rings was coming out, everybody was like, we got to go see it in the Century 21. And yeah. now there isn't a place like that to see it. No, it's true. And you know what? You, just, you got me thinking because I remember back in the old days, back before Santan Row uh-huh. was built, there was the town and country. And there was an AMC. Oh my God. There was the AMC's right across the street, this little town and country, small, like six screen multiplex oh, yeah? across from the centuries. And I was like, well, should we see a town and country? I was like, and Sean was always like, no one ever sees it, town and country. No one goes to town and country. Drugs. I, I actually <laughs> saw. <laughs> I did say that. I also, I also saw um, Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery there because it was the only theater in our area playing it because that movie didn't do well in the theaters and didn't get a huge distribution. Wow. So you had to go there to see Austin, the first Austin Powers movie. To bring this to a little bit of a, of a head, too, the Sufi company um, also opened up the, the drive ins. Uh, the Century Drive-In is next to the Century 16 on the uh, the east side of San Jose as well. Off of uh, Capitol and Snell? Exactly. And wow. as it turns out, when Cinemark bought the Century Theaters, Sufi's family, I think Raymond Sufi had already died at this point, but the okay. people running the Sufi company at this point really wanted to hang on to those theaters. So they, they negotiated and they agreed to let Sufi keep the Winchester theaters toward the end of their mm-hmm. of their career and the drive-ins so they got they went back under the same wing they got to maintain under the same um ownership cool fair enough yeah yeah funny thing was there used to be a 16 theater complex owned by century that was on the same property as the drive-in and they've knocked that down in the last five years or yep. so too but the uh the as now as they're called the west wind drive-ins and flea market um or the capital drive-ins as we refer to them here mm-hmm um, they are still alive and well. They are yes, still... and they are alive and well because of the flea market. The flea market yeah. makes all the money to pay the rent on that land, and the drive-in is for us. So if anybody's out there and you live in the Bay Area, go to the Capitol <laughs> Flea Market as much as possible totally. and buy shit. I went there once, and there was a naked dude running around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. That, well, that's at every flea market. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, this there's like a clown like... at every birthday party. There's a naked dude at every flea market. Every flea market, especially the Capital and Snow one. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I will say that, you know, if you go there in the summertime, there's, there's, always, there's always the slow seasons, but you go there in the summertime, the line to get into the movie theater uh-huh. is always packed. Mm. So, like, this is these are the last drive-ins that are left, I think, in the Bay Area. Wow. The ones in Capitola closed down, uh, I think, what, 10 years ago? So, yep. Uh, Oh my God, it's a dying art form. Yeah, there used to be thousands, and I think as of ten years ago, there was only like four hundred. Eh. So yeah. it's like Here's there the was thing. one here in Durango. Aww. They got rid of it uh, like two years before you I know, moved here. Everyone is switching to VOD and Netflix on their computers. No one goes 
to the drive-ins in their car. They don't have the, the attention uh, span for it anymore. So great. So that means that That's movies the whole are becoming point. anti-social is what's yeah. happening. The whole point is you don't need – you go to put on a movie you want to look at every now and again and you get a bunch of beers and a little barbecue out and you have like a party that happens to be at the drive-in with a movie. Yeah, and don't get, get me wrong. I love Netflix. I'm all for mm-hmm. you know, staying in one night and watching a movie, especially if you've had a stressful day and you don't want to go yeah. out. But I'm also very much for – man – I really want to go out and see a movie yeah. because even Fair. if you don't know any of the, and I've said it before and it bears repeating, even if you don't know any of the people who you're seeing the movie with, you're still engaging in this social experience, right? Absolutely. You know, there is that subliminal psychological effect that it has on you when you're all sharing the same thing. I think that's the reason why you and I still do theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No, you go to theater because you the, the reason show, certain shows do so well is because of the audience interaction and the audience participation and the audience's yes. energy. And same goes for any sort of film and yeah. any sort of reaction to a film. It's a group mentality. It's a mob mentality, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's a collective experience. And, it is. and if you refuse to actually go out and see a movie and you want the full experience... Get with your friends in your living room, watch a movie with four or five people, and then force yourself to walk outside and stand by all your cars and talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And or, then you can have the movie theater experience at home. Or even sure. better, have all your friends come over and watch your movie on your 70-inch television with your mm-hmm. surround sound system and then say, okay, now let's go see a movie in the theater and see how much better it is. Because <laughs> it's still way better than any experience you're going to get. Sure, it's more expensive, but you know, it's still the cheapest entertainment you can get. Anyway... We're not trying to sound like we're shamelessly promoting seeing no. movies in theaters, even though we are. We're collectively mourning the loss of the cultural icon. Exactly. And now, to be fair, this is really a big sign for how, like you said, how theaters are struggling to survive now. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at even the centuries or the Cinemark theaters now, they are even having trouble getting people to come in. So they're trying to come up with new experiences that people will want to go to a theater yeah. for. Like the Metropolitan Opera. Now mm-hmm. they do their simulcasts, right? Or they do yeah. the Masterpiece yep. Theater, mm-hmm. the, the pieces from um, uh, from London. And they've got uh, now classic movies that they get to show on the they screens. They do classic right? things where you can buy a set of tickets. Um, most recently they had a bunch of um, Oscar-related films. Right. Um, and they were all related to Gladiator type of films. Right. So they had Gladiator, Ben-Hur, I mean, uh, Spartacus. And then they also have this documentary about the history of the Oscars coming out. And you can buy... Tickets for all these films for like thirty bucks. Yeah, you see six movies for thirty bucks, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And they've also did like back in February, they did, did a whole bunch of romantic theme ones. They yeah. did the Princess Bride and oh, Casablanca, cool. yeah. and which I was so mad because I've wanted, I've been dying to see Casablanca Aww. on the big screen. I went and saw Fight Club on the big screen. They did that about like six oh, months yeah. back, and it was the coolest experience because I was too young when it first came sure. out, right? But it's it's like one of my favorite movies, and the whole. Thing they do about the cigarette burns in the corner of the screen and how they have little moments of like Tyler Durden popping up on the screen and like yeah. Edward Norton pop, you know, popping up, things like that. To see that on the big screen was so cool. Absolutely. I'm really glad that they do that now. Yeah, they do. And you know who we have to thank for that is <laughs> thank, that? is the Retro Dome, right? Cool. To a degree. The Retro Dome, uh, started by the Guggenheim family, mm-hmm. who uh, actually were the people behind Schoolhouse Rock Live, if you guys have ever nice. heard or seen that production. Oh, wow. They've been trying really hard to get a viable, low-cost professional theater company going in San Jose. So when Century 25 was leased, because the Sufi family had sold it off at that point, and they, or they were leasing it, I should say, and they were using one screen to show their own retro movies and then one screen for theatrical productions. Mm. And then finally, ever since that theater got mowed down and the, yeah. the, the uh, landowners decided to sell it, they were now just kind of hobbling around. But thankfully... 
they had gotten an agreement with the Sufi family, and they were using Century 21 as the new pseudo-retro dome. And so they were using that to show their movies. And they were going other places, too. They were using the camera cinemas downtown and all that, Mm -hmm. at an art house independent, for those who don't know. And they were still doing the musical theater workshops through other theaters in the area. So they were keeping both wings going along, just did not having a dedicated space. And they were trying really, they were really, really hoping that they could get Century 21 to stay alive in architecture, and they were going to convert it into a new retro dome. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, though, they have not gotten enough signatures on the petition to make it made a landmark yet to protect it. It's looking like it's going to get torn down, but we'll see. I'm looking at the petition right now, and it looks like it has 7,855 supporters, and it still needs 2,145 signatures. Oh, I signed that. I totally signed that back in... I signed it, too. Awesome. This is called, and I don't even live there. This is called a <laughs> Save the Winchester Domes petition, and it's on change.org. So save the domes, save the domes. Yeah. And now what the city of San Jose is saying is that they see no logical reason to keep them around. So they're saying in your reasons, not just to say for you know to save it for sentimental reasons, but to use logical fact-based uh, answers for it. And you know, I, I I put down quite honestly, architecture is critical to to the historical fabric. Of a culture, mm-hmm. it informs us about our past, and it also informs us on where we, what we can do for our future, and the, yeah. and the fact that we're throwing away that piece of the 1960s away, it speaks to one our overly consumerist culture. Totally, as Eddie has just said, 50 years old, let's smash it down and put a cop on yeah. Um, but also, it means we don't place value in any of our, our buildings. Yeah. Right, we're building things now in a way where they're just more disposable. Yeah, you know. We're becoming a disposable culture, and it doesn't. I don't. I don't know. We're just, we are. We are sorry, folks, if we are depressing the hell out of you with this. <gasps> womp, womp. Um, but we need to raise our voices and maybe just vent a little so, bit. So Chris Evans's butt. Um, let me get back to that. Uh, <laughs> really, really tight. Really, just firm. You know, I felt something. You know, Chris Evans' butt would have looked really good on the Century Twenty One screen. Wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> My heart straight to the fields. Yeah. You can try to run from it, Roxy, but we're going to do this. We're going to sit here and we're going to cry together. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's curves, too. Yeah. Really mm, something special. Wow. I would have loved mm. to have seen that on Century She's got 21. two sets of pillows. I'd like to rest my head in between. <laughs> <laughs> She's got mounds of goodness. That Good, is true. Goody mounds. She kicked so much ass in that movie, Pleasure too. pillows. Oh, yeah, she does. With yeah. those buns of steel. hoo all right. Well, we are bummed about this, but at the same time, it helps us kind of remember the fact that San Jose has a lot of goodness about it and a lot of good places that hold a lot of significance for a lot of people because it's an old town. You yeah. know, we live in an old area. I'm going to ask you guys a question and you need to take a minute to think about it. It's okay. If you're thinking about how this theater was such an icon, what was the best movie you saw there? Or by that, I mean your most favorite experience in that theater mm. seeing a movie spider-man spider-man yeah it's because that was my first time i'm gonna have to say the first matrix movie because that movie blew me away and we all saw it together and oh yeah nothing had, nothing like that had, had i ever seen before and it was so huge yeah. and so loud <laughs> i remember I, it, that theater was so loud that when mom took us to see golden eye it was she was like this is way too loud <laughs> <laughs> we need to it's leave <laughs> way, like when the tank is breaking through a wall and the and the horns and the bond song are like doo, 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 doo. i looked at her and it looked like her eyes were bleeding <laughs> 
Her eyes were bleeding from her ears. Yeah. Exactly. Mom, mom would always take us to these because when we saw Goldeneye, she'd always take us to like the the late matinee right after work. One because it was still matinee pricing. Cool. Um, but we'd go to like a five thirty show because of course the matinee price is kicking at six. Mm-hmm. So we catch like the last like the last matinee possible. Nice. But it was great. We we loved like oh after school yeah let's go see a movie fine totally let's, that is amazing. Going to the movies is basically my favorite childhood memory of all time because my mom and it's i my favorite thing ever yeah man <laughs> still <laughs> my mom and i this is we, we would go to the multiplex um and we would get there at like six or seven in the afternoon and we would movie hop like thieves okay we saw like four <laughs> or five movies in a row we wouldn't get home until 1 a.m all right wow. my mom and i wow. made like a system okay <laughs> she's like you go to the bathroom first wait for me there go hide in the stall i'll come back for you okay i'll come back for you and i'm like you know 12 being like okay mom i trust you and we just would like see all of these movies over and over again and just like hop between theaters and this seriously it was so easy in some so of those fun. because you had the upstairs doors that went to hallways that had doors to every other theater (laughs) so you didn't even get seen going in through the front door where they had people walking around fucking stealth mode all the way one thing i'd be careful of i found out because i my first job was at at a movie theater really yeah it was at amc nice um so that upper level was yes there was the it was decorated enough so that people who were coming out of theaters from the upper ends could get out safely and not look like this is totally shab. Uh, <laughs> but it was mostly for the projectionists to move between houses. Ah, okay. So if they saw you up there sneaking about, if you got caught by a projectionist, you'd probably have been asked to leave. So, Or if your brother works there and they're doing one of their screenings that only employees see way before anybody's supposed to yeah, see it. Yeah, from which you almost got me fired for, <gasps> by the way. What? Brian was like, yes, you can come see Jurassic Park 3, even though I'm not supposed to have any guests this time. And I brought like four friends with me. <laughs> yeah, that was and not we sat cool. in the back and tried to be quiet. And like this whole group of employees just looks back at us and is like, Brian, is that your brother? Yeah. And, and so he's like, and so the manager looked at me and said, this cannot happen again. No. Like very seriously. And like, wait, you, so you lost your job? Because no, I didn't lose my job because of it. Oh. But I got in serious trouble. I mean, I wasn't written up, but like there was a very cross interaction. Yeah, we <laughs> hey, them. you know what? Do you know how many discounts we gave your boss on food at yeah. Mimi's Cafe as it turns the out, way? And it turns out they all got fired for embezzlement. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, because they were using the company credit card for that. <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. They all got fired. <laughs> they all got fired for using the company credit card to buy Mimi's? Yeah. So, so yeah, I know. So three- to, buy, to buy French Quarter burgers and corn chowder. <laughs> so they were fired and the the manager was uh the the gm was not fired because he didn't quote unquote know about it Mm -hmm. but he kind of knew about it and just didn't he let it happen so because of his irresponsible leadership he was um he was transferred to another theater but we're veering off topic here but we are um (laughs) that's still pretty anyway and it was for a stupid ass movie too it was american pie 2 no no it wasn't was it i know i thought it was jurassic park 3 no No, jurassic park 3 was one that we were invited to yes so it was a shitty sequel it was american pie 2 is what you all of them were shitty sequels (laughs) yes well they usually are if you're doing shit like that okay so roxy we got yours sean we have yours Yeah, what about you, Brian? Batman um, Returns. Yeah, right. Batman Forever, actually. Oh. Oh. Batman Returns was cool, but it was not my favorite experience in that theater. Batman, well, first of all, Batman Forever was totally ridiculous because I was grounded, so I couldn't see it opening weekend, and you totally could. Oh. But my, <laughs> but rest assured, Monday evening, uh-huh. we saw that fucking movie. Nice. So, um, and it was just, it was nice because it was just the boys. It was just my dad, my brother, and I. Just thinking about the summer of 95, like there was the, the three things that we got to have combined combined. First off, going to the centuries. 
because it was the great, greatest movie theater ever to our childhood minds. Mm-hmm. Batman and Jim Carrey. Aww. All three in the same space. That was what made it probably the best experience. And the one where I still, when I think about that theater, that's the first movie that comes to mind. Nice. But I will say the Matrix movie was amazing. Like That was mind-blowing. Cause, yeah. Mostly because when we saw it, Sean and I had no idea what the movie was nice. <laughs> about. Uh, nobody knew what it was about. The, they had like radio and TV campaigns that were just like Morpheus going like, do you want to know what the Matrix is? And we're all like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, you too bad we ain't going to tell you. Is. Nice. It, you must see it for yourself. We saw the last film of the Matrix trilogy at, at the Century yeah. Theater. And I just remember how packed that theater was and the collective experience everyone was happening, having because it was so intense. And this was just the end of that you know whole series of films and how important that was for everyone yeah you just felt it because you were surrounded by so many people i mean what the century 21 seats over 900 people so there's a lot of folks in there yeah Oof. yeah and when when there was a funny movie in there mm-hmm. you when people were laughing it was ridiculous like it was like when, if you've ever been to a big comedy show in an arena it was a lot like that oh nice. totally and the echo with the acoustics were so good without the without the sound system one of the weirdest memories, I remember, Sean, you and I, we probably saw, like, the, I think our most condensed year there. This is so random. It was, I think, the summer of 96. And here's why I remember yep. that. Because the one song that was on rotation that entire summer is still stuck in my head. Ah, Do you remember that? Hey, oh, bam, bam, bam. Because it would always play on the like the the radio kind of ads that they had that played while they showed you exactly. slides of ads for places. Yeah, yeah, it had this kind of this this Caribbean but yet uh, African kind Sounds of like a sound. Paul Simon song. It probably was. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Yeah, right. Um, the chorus to one of those. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, that's cute. Yeah. But let's talk. I hope about- I can find on YouTube the intro video for you know, the AMC's did it too, where they had like this intro video they put together for their presentation. Totally. For the, for a while there, the AMC had the little guy made of celluloid that yeah. you know would right. do that. And but at the, the Century Theaters one, they had this song that went dun 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 dun, dun and everybody was clapped along with it. it. <laughs> it was like a cultural phenomenon. Nobody agreed to. There weren't flyers. <laughs> there was anybody. Like, everybody just clapped at the same time and didn't know why. It was because everybody else was doing it. Wait, wait, what was that called? That was the century opening? It was like the little yeah. little opening. And it was like flying through this cinematic-looking city, too. I remember it was nice. awesome-looking. Sean, you have to find a sound clip of this and put Hold this on, in the I'm show. Hold on, I'm looking for it. Okay. Welcome to Century Theaters. <laughs> oh, my Your God. ticket to excellence in movie entertainment. <laughs> we feature fresh, hot popcorn with real butter and ice-cold drinks with an assortment of your favorite candy. Now playing in our game room, the latest in video adventures. Oh, the, the Starcade! <laughs> I forgot about the Starcade! For your convenience, we offer gift certificates, <laughs> daily bargain matinees, and five-day advance sales on all Are you movies. crying? Yeah, a little for bit. Oh, I'm crying, we too. We smoke-free environment. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Century Theaters. And now, on with the show. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the show oh. is over. It, they, don't, they don't do this at movie theaters anymore. It was like you were part of a huge experience. 
The concessions, five-day advance tickets, the Starcade. The Starcade. Everything. Which, my God, I remember you played Aliens vs. Predator constantly in that. Oh, yeah, because it was a gun game. Too. Yeah, because yeah, it was a gun no, game. No, wait, no, it wasn't a gun game. That was a side-scrolling game. Uh, I remember there was, there, I think there was Air the Hockey. Terminator though. gun game is what I always played. Oh, the, the, there you go, Terminator 2, so yeah. so precious. Wow. So, audience, you've just heard a piece of history that is gone. And you've just listened to the Moriarty Brothers silently crying. <laughs> silently weeping. Silently <laughs> weeping. weeping. I turned off my mic. It was kind of like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I turned off my mic too, but bro, I was like, ah! <laughs> 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 and Bye. Man up, Bye. bitches. Jesus. Ah, I know this is sad me. for all of us. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream the other night that I was being humped by Santana Row if it was like a giant transformer. <laughs> oh my god! It was a it was a Santana Row shaped transformer. Right the yard down. house was the eyes. The yard house was the eyes. <laughs> wow! Just getting it up the butt, huh? Jesus, that's a damn. This is taking a very just. All right, guys. Well, it's a it's a damn loss, and I'm hoping that this um petition gets signed enough to make chuck reed take notice let's hope because um it's already kind of they've already kind of slated a date for it to be to be torn down so do you do you know the date i don't know offhand but let me let me if the petition goes through i think that we should also send letters to them saying keep it as one big theater don't split it into two keep it as one big theater and show old movies and turn it into a hipster hangout put a coffee shop in it Give people iPads, whatever you have to do. <laughs> just, just, just make it relevant. <laughs> just keep it alive. It's uh, let's see. According to the San Jose Mercury News, uh, which is the leading newspaper in the Bay Area, let's see here. Oh, they posted a video for the final showing too. Oh, we'll put a link up to it on. Yeah, we probably should. Um, so the official website. lease expired Monday the thirty first. The demolition permit is waiting the city's approval. So well, so, let's hope they wait a, long, a little bit longer. So you're right. The, there is still time for those Bay Area locals to sign that petition and uh, to say "fuck Chuck Reed." I think that should be the the new campaign. Yeah, or at least our episode title. <laughs> <laughs> so. Chuck Reed is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a money. Is it Chuck Reed is a Batman villain? He is Chode Reed. Your new name is Chode Reed. But to be be fair, he's not like a penguin or a joker. He's more like a Carmine Falcone. He's the kind that you would dangle off the side of a building by his ankles. (laughs) And maybe, you know. Sign the petition. (laughs) Where is the petition? Where is it? (laughs) You know, and the, the kind he would drop off and then slowly, you know, grab with his grapple hook and then raise back up. That son of a bitch. Exactly. God, I don't even know what he looks like. I bet you he even looks like a Batman villain. Ugh. Yeah, well, Google him. Google him. I, I don't want to. Why don't we get? I don't want to Google him. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to spite. <laughs> Chuck, well, but what we're trying to say is that Chuck Reed is a doo doo head. <laughs> Chuck Reed is a doo doo head. You smell of doo doo. Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelled of elderberries. <laughs> um let's see here doo doo that's the best thing we can come up however with chuck here. reed <laughs> if you're listening and you'd like to donate to nerd you can kiss my ass you can go to nerdonomy.com click donate <laughs> give us your firstborn child <laughs> yeah do we get in trouble if he gives us funds that are meant for the city or just him <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure it's just him. Okay, sweet. Oh, Give us the city's money. Give us the city's money. <laughs> I know Dave wanted to be here tonight, but he couldn't. But Dave actually had something he wanted to say mm-hmm. about the century's closing, Century 21's closing. Yeah. So let's play that clip, Sean. I love it when I talk to myself. <laughs> hey, nerds, it's Dave. Sorry I can't be in the cave with you guys today, uh, but I did hear about your guys' topic discussing the domes in San Jose. Uh, just wanted to give my two cents here. Um, I've seen a ton of movies there. Um, I saw a special screening of Independence Day. I saw The Patriots. I took a date when I was like 13 to go see Pearl Harbor. I've learned I don't take girls to shitty movies anymore. Um, but I just I, I saw a lot of movies there, and it, it, it really saddens me that they are no longer going to be there so that we can have a secondary Santana Row, which is, you know, of unaffordable housing and unaffordable clothing boutiques. It just really, really is kind of like a kick to the gut to San Jose, who was number eight in, 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 in film. Uh, in in the nation, you know, we were the number eighth spot to 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 premiere movies. We were a hot spot for film, and it seems like that history, instead of trying to enrich it and bring it forward and and, and modernize it, uh, so that way it can continue to be that way, we're looking to just throw that away and start anew. And I feel like that's such a travesty. I know there's a lot of uh, people out there with the opinion that you know, if why are we caring? When was the last time you saw a movie there? And I, and I see what they're saying, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that those are a symbol. Those are a symbol of the old ways of film, and I, at least to me they are. And they are the symbol that, that, that shows us that that was, that was how film used to be. That's how film was conceived, that, that that's where we came from. That was the, prim, the, you know, the proverbial primordial ooze of which we came out and now we have digital. But those are a symbol of the older ways, and I think getting rid of them is the wrong move and it's unfortunate that they are already gutted it's unfortunate that they may not be seen as a quote-unquote historical you know landmark because even if they are deemed historical they're not going to be theaters anymore they're going to be banks or you know there'll be shops or something but their primary purpose are now destroyed and that's that's very depressing so god you know i've seen a lot of films there and they will always forever be in my brain uh, as, as great times, great times with friends, great times with family and just good times all around. Um, sad to see them go. Anyways, uh, thanks for posting this and and putting this as part of the episode. I just wanted to add my two cents. Love you guys. And I'll see you guys in a future episode. Bye. So, um, Sean, as usual, posts his Twitter update to say, Hey, we're going to record tonight. Please say something that would make our mother ashamed of him. (laughs) No, this time I said, let me know anything hilarious, horrible, or informative. I should say. We we should make a segment say, let's now time to play. Will our mom be ashamed of us? (laughs) (laughs) How ashamed will Mrs. Moriarty get? Now it's time to play. Will our mother be ashamed of us? You should also put her on FaceTime on an iPad, and and we should hear her reaction. (laughs) In live time. (laughs) We're totally stealing from Dave Letterman and working our mother into the podcast. Yeah, that's true. I bet your mom would be awesome. Nobody wants to steal from that. Uh, He's retiring. He's He's just opened up his. All this in 2015 anyway. Yeah, all this stuff is fair game anyway. It's okay. So it's fine now at this point. So go ahead. Listener feedback. Yeah. All right, so I posted what I just said on Twitter, and Sarah Ashley was the only person to respond, but she said, it's time to discuss your brief employment as a gimp for hire. It's okay. (laughs) We're all friends here. 
and I was trying my hardest to never talk about this on the podcast, but <laughs> I was a gimp for hire. And the sad and tragic part is it was before I even really knew what a gimp was. I wow. I had just seen Pulp Fiction. I was 11 and a half. Oh and I got one of those suits just like the dude in Pulp Fiction because I just thought he was like a bouncer. And I didn't realize that people wanted to put stuff in him all the time. Sean. And then when I found that out... <laughs> Sean, you are you have gone so far beyond at this okay. point. You're gone too far. It's offensive viewers fun, but when you're talking about an eleven year old in that situation It's okay because it's me. No, it's not. I'm no, talking about me. No, I'm not even saying I said and I found that out the hard way because people kept offering me to put things in places. And then I realized what I'd done. And so Whoa. I stopped. And I took all the flyers down from all the YMCAs. Hold on. We just got news. I just got a text. Mickey Rooney just died. What? What? Oh, my God. Holy shit. No. And that's crazy uh, because John (gasps) Panette. John Panette died too? Yeah, the comedian. He was found today in his uh, in his hotel in Pittsburgh. He was there for a family function, and oh. I guess he'd been dealing with liver and heart disease, and it finally got him. And yeah, he was hilarious. He's a great stand-up. He was on Seinfeld. Well, this is our saddest episode. Wow, you guys. Yeah, I know. Mickey Rooney at the age of ninety-three, and you know the sad thing is for us in Herdonomy, he actually retweeted one of our tweets recently. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> well, it was a person who was uh, a, a dedication to Mickey Rooney. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. it looks like it says he. Um, he died today at 93. He was ill for some time. It was attributed to natural causes. I mean, he was 93. It's pretty old. But wow. All right. Yeah. You're hearing it now as and of Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Yeah. Pacific time. And the immortal words of Robert Frost, nothing gold can stay. Fuck Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> no. You Sorry. Jerk. Fuck Chuck Reed. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that, that just happened, but let's go ahead and end this show tonight on a happy note and read the feedback from one of our nice listeners yeah. from uh, Jolly Old can I read it? Can I read it in a Cockney English accent? Please well, You do. have to read your little piece. Can I read it? I would like to monopolize the feedback, please. Thank you. But before you do that, <laughs> let's actually have a moment of silence for Mickey Rooney because he was an incredible talent, a hell of a tap dancer, Yeah. by the way. So, hell of a guy. Okay. So now that we've depressed the hell out of you, yeah. let's end on a, on a brighter note. Like yes. I said. Movie theaters are dead. Mickey Rooney's dead. <laughs> John Panette is dead. Everything you love is dying around you, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. But hey, there's... Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. <laughs> Tune into us next week. Save your time. You son of a bitch. Um, and I, I appreciate... I do, I do want to say I, I do appreciate Sarah for... Uh, for being present at least through tweet, she was yeah. her, her, she was spending time with her family tonight. Her dad was in town. I'm sorry you had to miss out on this glorious show, Sarah. Tonight we really um, did ourselves well. So we we got this message from Joel. Joel said what she said. Subject: Hiya. So I'm from Newcastle in England, and uh, over here, basically, when Sarah Ashley said in the last podcast, we're going to bear our souls uh, concerning guilty pleasures in Britain. All we hear is we're going to bear our souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bear arseholes. Bear arseholes. Spelled A R S E. So bear arseholes. So um and uh, well it well it made me laugh. Film podcast is ridiculously funny. Thank you, sir. 
maybe a good idea for a film podcast is uh, how come most war films are completely bollocks? Bollocks, of course, is just their word for just nonsense. Or bullshit. It doesn't mean really. It, it kind of just doesn't mean anything. Bullshit, until bullshit, it means bullshit. Mom, I'll just know. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the exception of Band of Brothers, he says. Uh-huh. Um, normally, they just throw explosions, bad acting, and original army jeeps at a film set. <laughs> and I'm tired. Kind regards, George Clooney's Cardboard Treasure Hunter. Nice. <laughs> so, clearly, you were not that enthused with the Monuments Men movie. Uh, so... Well, I would also say Saving Private Ryan was pretty awesome. Like that. Yep. That was a great war movie. And uh, Jarhead, I've heard from people who were in Iraq, said that that was pretty close. And, and uh, that actually probably is why a lot of people didn't like that movie is because it was, Triggering. It was too real. Yeah. It, must uh, it was also a war movie in which nothing really happened. There was no actual war. Well, that's because well. that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I get the point that Sam Mendes was making with it. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you think of Zero Dark Thirty. Zero yeah. Dark Thirty was yeah. pretty well done. Um, what's it? The Hell Locker or Hell Walker? No, <laughs> Wind Talkers. <laughs> no, um, the one Jeremy Renner, the first Catherine Bigelow one. Um, oh, the, the one with locker. the IEDs everywhere. The Hurt Locker. The hurt locker. Yeah. So those are a few accessions to the to the bollocks idea. It's also a nickname for my asshole. Mm-hmm. We've already been over that. The Hurt Locker. <laughs> Or sometimes oh. the squirt locker. It depends. <laughs> that was the porn version of that movie. All right, guys. Let's. <laughs> just, wow, that's just a terrible image of a guy who's got to stop a, uh, a cock from exploding. So, you guys can tweet us your names for your You asshole. have to stop this cock from exploding. You guys are horrible. Um... Pop quiz, hotshot. There's a bomb on a cock. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong movie to name, to name is Speed. I'm just, uh-huh. that's all I'm saying. Brian, so. do you want to talk about us on social media? Yes, yeah, so we probably should. <laughs> this podcast has gone Tweet us. Sure. Um, thank you for listening to our episode. If you uh, would like to continue the conversation, please hit us up on our social media. You can find us on Nerdonomy. Uh, through both Facebook and Twitter. Is Mercury in retrograde right now? Because this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally on a crazy train to nowhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, you brought astrology into it. Awesome. I did. Um, it's relevant. Okay. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you find it in your hearts and your wallets and you enjoy what we do here at Erdonomy, you can give us a either a donation or by clicking on one of our many affiliate links that we post on our Nerds on yeah. Film episodes or on that nice little audible link on the right side of our, mm-hmm. our website. Apparently people have been donating lately, so thank you for li- yes, listeners indeed. who have generously thank donated you. to us. Very much so. I just changed my Nerdonomy email address if anybody wants to send me something. It's now everything I love is dead at chodereed.com. <laughs> 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 wow that's just sad just that... so sad what a sad day we're all having <laughs> i know i'm sad the funny thing is is we are all laughing our asses off right now because it was so intensely depressing that we had no choice but to exactly. start we're saying all... horrible ridiculous we're things. all coping different ways it's okay. everyone grieves yes, differently everyone Indeed. grieves mm-hmm. sean you can grieve it's with, with us. sean it's with dick and fart jokes yeah exactly yep well, you can also reach us individually. I'm at Roxy Noberry. I'm at Brian Moriarty. And I am at Big Sean Moe. Still waiting on Long Dong Silver. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. I kind of gave up on that. That is yet another thing of mine that is dead. 
<laughs> is <laughs> Big Sean Moe stands alone though. It's it's gotten pretty popular. No, you got. I think you've got the most Twitter followers of all of our. Yeah. All oh yeah, I got three hundred whole followers. Hello. I am a fucking internet juggernaut. Do not fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Twitter king, bitch. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I've got like yeah. The can we whatever. stop? I need to go. I'm going. I'm meeting Anna Kendrick for like a Twitter thing later. So. Uh huh. Can we just wrap this up? Already? Twitter rendezvous. All right. Yeah, she doesn't know about it, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get arrested, but it's happening. Uh huh. <laughs> all right. Well, you uh, you could do that, and uh, for all you, the rest of you guys out there, stay nerdy and tune into us next week, same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. See ya later. Fuck Chuck Reed. <laughs> and roll credits. Now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Oh, God damn you! God damn you all to hell! <laughs> Fuck Chuck Reed. Again. You got double fucked Chuck Reed. No, we're leaving this in. We're leaving this in. Usually the episode ends. Guess what? You guys stayed after the credits to hear us tear Chuck Reed a new asshole. Chode Reed. Now...